You know, here at Faith, we make plans for months and sometimes years in advance, depending on the mission, on the uh, ministry. And it was many, many weeks ago, in cooperation with my brother in Christ, Pastor Jerry Watts, that we selected our Sunday morning uh, sermon themes and scripture readings. And once again, God was way out ahead of us, as he always is. Um, my selected sermon topic for this weekend is Facing Reality in faith, And who but God would have known then that we'd be facing the reality that we're all experiencing now with our federal, state, and city protocols, with our um, spatial uh, distancing requirements, with uh, safe space and no groups larger than 10 at a time. But uh, as we uh, face this new and different reality, this new normal in faith, the scripture passage that I selected is one familiar to many of you. And I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For our knowledge is imperfect and our prophecy is imperfect. But when the perfect comes, the imperfect will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall understand fully, even as I have been fully understood. So faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. We know that God's word is full of power and truth, and that God's word always, always comes to us as both law and gospel. If you've never heard that before, this is what it means. Uh, when God's word comes to us as law, uh, it comes to us as the way that God has ordered life, the way that God wants us to live together. Take the Ten Commandments, you know, that is God's law. You, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And that same law also convicts us of our sin. It reminds us of the ways in which we have uh, not been obedient to the will of the Father, the way that we have grieved the Holy Spirit. And all of us are guilty of that. Not one of us is perfect as Christ is perfect. And so God's word, which comes to us as law and points out all of our frailties and all of our shortcomings, at the same time reminds us of the Lord's perfect love, amazing grace, and abiding mercy. And so, uh, even in this reading, we have God's word coming to us 
as both law and gospel. Now we know that this lesson is read at many, many weddings. You've probably heard this read before when a daughter, um, a loved one, a friend, a coworker uh, was married, even at your own wedding. And so in my ministry for 36 years now as a pastor, um, I'll have these wonderful young couples who are so in love, they're so excited about living happily ever after. And when we're doing our premarital planning and counseling and praying, um, and I'll say, have you, have you ever had an argument? And sometimes they'll say, oh no, we never argue. We're so in love, we don't argue like other people. Well, then I know a couple of things. They're not being honest with me, uh, or they really haven't been together long enough because every couple will have an argument, right? And so all I have to do to help them face reality is to say, so how are things going with all of the wedding plans? How are things going as you deal with the venue, the caterer, the photographer, getting all the flowers that you want, the DJ? And I just sit back and listen because then um, I hear how things aren't going so perfectly well. And without my asking, they start talking one to another about all those moments and all those frustrating events and all those things that have happened where they have been irritable, where they've been impatient. And so that just reminds us that when we celebrate the love of a man and woman at any wedding and we hear this text, we are reminded that the only one who loves perfectly, patiently, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast mercy is Jesus Christ. You see how that works? God's love coming to us, God's word coming to us as both law and gospel. You know, I uh, am going to have this lesson read at my funeral. And I've shared that with some people. They think it's strange because they think, why would you have 1 Corinthians 13 at a funeral, Bruce? That's something that should have been read at your uh, wedding, the day you married your your bride, your wife, Kirsten. And, well, we need to look at the fullness of God's word. And I think you might understand why I want this read when I breathe my last and I see my Savior face to face. Love never ends. Faith, hope, and love abide these three. And the greatest of these is love. I, I want my family, I want my children, my grandchildren, I want uh, anyone else that shows up for my funeral or memorial service to hear that um, there are things that are eternal, even as we live this side of heaven in this uh, world of uh, finitude and mortality. I want my daughters and sons-in-law and grandchildren to remember that uh, the love that we share in Christ is a deathless love. It continues and it will not die, even though in death we have this momentary separation until Christ returns in glory and we are reunited with all the saints who've gone before us. When death is finally swallowed up, when every tear is wiped away, and we will enjoy endless, perfect life and fellowship with one another and with Jesus who sits on the throne. So I think it's a very appropriate text to have at anyone's funeral, and I'm certainly going to have it at mine. But here's the other part that um, I think is so helpful, especially in times like these. Now we see things, but only like looking in a, in a dim mirror. Um, now we only understand, we only know in part. 
our knowledge, our, our awareness of the world and what's going on around us um, is, is incomplete. We won't know why things happen the way they do until we see the Savior face to face. And then with that 2020 hindsight, which is ours, you know, in Christ, we'll finally understand those things that were so hard to comprehend that happened um, in this life here on the kingdom on the left, as we Lutherans like to say, the kingdom of this world, which is different than the kingdom on the right, where Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father in glory. There's a lot of uncertainty right now. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of people wondering, you know, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen um, to my job? What's going to happen to my retirement funds? What's going to happen to our economy? What's going to happen to my children, my grandchildren? What's going to happen to my aging parents that I'm not allowed to visit right now in the retirement center or the nursing home? There's so much um, this side of heaven that we will never fully comprehend. And then just think outside the present reality of this uh, pandemic. Think about all the things that have happened in your life, all the tragedies, all the disappointments, all the brokenness, all the heartache. There's so many things that just don't make sense to us. You know, if we were in charge, right, things would be different, but we're not in charge. And so with that dual citizenship, with uh, one foot in the kingdom on the left and the other foot in the kingdom on the right, uh, we know that even though our knowledge is incomplete and our understanding is lacking, that there's a day coming when Jesus returns when we'll have that full knowledge and that full understanding, even as God fully knows us now. Think about that. You are fully known and fully loved and fully precious in the sight in your heavenly father and he knows everything that you're going through right now you know there are no secrets with god you heard that in our confession right there's no secrets with god not because we've decided to let the lord take a peek at the real us the the things that we've kept hidden no it's because we can't hide a single thing from the lord he understands he sees he's omniscient he knows everything there is to know about us and yet he loves us and god has promised us that even though many of us feel right now that we're walking through a, a valley, a deep, dark valley uh, in the shadow of death, um, we know that the Lord is our shepherd. And Christ himself has promised that nothing in all creation, no height, no depth, no principality, no power, nothing, not even a declining stock market, not even an ominous uh, short-term financial future, uh, not even um, the things that we're experiencing now, personally regarding work and curtailed hours and on leave without pay. None of that can separate us from the perfect, marvelous love that is ours in Christ Jesus. Some of you know that I've been a pastor for a long time. I was ordained back in my home congregation in Fairfax, Virginia in 1984, almost 36 years ago. But on that day, my uh, dear mother, Linda, um, gifted me with this cross. And this cross has uh, four Greek letters on it. Uh, in the center is what's known as the Cairo. And those are the first two uh, Greek letters in the name for Jesus, the Christos, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And then on one side and the other, you have the Greek letters Alpha and Omega. 
And my mom uh, wanted me to understand that uh, Christ is the center of our life and that he is indeed the Alpha and the, the Omega, the first and the last. Uh, Jesus has the first word. As he was there with the Father, um, when the world was called in creation, with a word, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and it was good. And Christ, the center of our faith, the, the foundation of our hope, has the last word. I want you to think about that. The last word belongs to Jesus, not any politician, not even the, the law of the land, not even the media outlets. Coronavirus does not have the last word. Jesus has that last word. And that word is life and truth and peace and hope. May the truth of God's word and the power of the gospel keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus this day and through the coming weeks of so much uncertainty until you and I are reunited, never to be separated again, and we see our Savior face to face, and we live in that perfect peace and joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.